Washington Commanders are getting set to begin the 2022 NFL season on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. Here on the Next Gen Fan Podcast, I will be previewing that game as well as looking at some other headlines surrounding the Commanders, like who are their captains and their unofficial week one depth chart. All of that and much more coming up next on the Next Gen Fan Podcast. This is the Next Gen Fan Podcast. Thank you for listening. So the Washington Commanders week one on Sunday. Finally, it is here. And if you are a football fan, how can you not be excited for this week to come? We finally, we've made it. It's football time. And we're just going to get right down into this. So a few uh, housekeeping items real quick. The Washington Commanders announced their 2022 captains. Those captains are Carson Wentz, Terry McLaurin, Charles Leno Jr., Logan Thomas, Jonathan Allen, Cole Holcomb, Kendall Fuller, and Tress Way. Initially, I just want to start off before we get to the alternate captains. It does seem like that's a lot of captains. Generally, you only see um, one, two, maybe three captains come on the field at a time. So I don't know how they're going to do that. Maybe you get one offense, one defense, and then trust way as your your only special teams player but that that's your your captains right there logan thomas char uh logan thomas jonathan allen and terry mclaurin all uh continue their streak of being captains on this team they were captains in 2021 once again in 2022 as far as alternate captains go Washington named Chase Young, Jeremy Reeves, and J.D. McKissick as alternate captains. And now these are players who will come in in case one of the captains is injured. So those are your captains going into 2022. Now, the commanders announced a new team dog. His name is Mando. He is an eight-month-old black lab and... He is currently enrolled in the Canines for Warriors training program, and upon completing that program, he will be paired with a veteran. Something neat there, and that's just another tie uh, that they have with uh, the military community, something that really played a big role in the name being the commanders, um, stuff, that stuff that we have learned over the past few months. Now that the name and the whole rebrand has come out was that Ron Rivera and company really felt it was important to um, stay connected with the military, and that was really a big part of the name change. But they have this new dog. His name's Mando. Apparently, the team decided on the name. And once again, once he's completed with his uh, Canines for Warriors training, he will be paired with a veteran. And now the commanders released their unofficial Week 1 depth chart. And so Dax Milne, the, the only two major things that I took away from this, because it is an unofficial depth chart, is Dax Milne is listed as the kick returner, the starting kick returner and punt returner for Washington. And then Gibson is behind Milne for your backup kick returner. So for the stories that came out after week one of the preseason about Gibson possibly being a kick returner, uh, it seems like they're going to roll with Dax Milne. And we have, so Cam Curl... And I, I let you guys know about this last week. Cam Curl was in, he had a thumb injury that he possibly needed to have surgery on. And we have some breaking news right now concerning that injury and week one. (laughs) 
So Cam Curl has been ruled out of week one. Tight end Logan Thomas is going to be questionable, and this is all uh, confirmed ahead of Ron Rivera's Friday press conference um, per the team's public relations. So John Bates is going to be active. He's been dealing with injuries throughout the preseason. Cole Turner is questionable. That's the rookie fifth-round fifth round tight end. He's been dealing with injuries. So it looks like Derek Forrest and Jeremy Reeves are going to be picking up some of that slack, as well as rookie fourth-rounder Percy Butler. So all three of those are safeties that are really going to be picking up the slack from the injury to Camp Curl. And now this is something that really came out of the blue. One day Camp Curl was fine. The next day he was dealing with this thumb injury, and it's just snowballed from there. And now he's missing week one. So before I do get into the preview, I do want to, uh, briefly cover the, the impact that it's going that uh, the Cam Curl injury is going to have on this Washington off uh, defense. Cam Curl and I mentioned this in my last episode. He's a good safety. Don't get me wrong, but he really excels being up to the line, possibly in that Buffalo nickel role. And this injury is this is really big. With already having Chase Young not be playing Week One, that that's a big injury in and of itself. But losing another one of your key defenders, maybe not your best player on defense, but one of the most important players on defense. You're going to be leaving it up to guys like a Derek Forrest, who really did not play much at all last year. Percy Butler, uh, who, a rookie, and then we, Jeremy Reeves. I like what I've seen from him. I, I do think that Jeremy Reeves could step in and play well. But once again, Karam Curl, when he's on the field, he can play. He's fast off the ball. Great job forcing turnovers and forcing quarterbacks to make decisions. This is a really big injury, and not only just for the secondary in general, but for the entire defense because of the ability of Cam Curl to come up at the line of scrimmage, to blitz, to be able to cover tight ends. With the addition of Evan Ingram for Jacksonville, you know, a speedy tight end, that's a big thing because Cam Curl would be one of the guys who would cover a guy like an Evan Ingram, and with him out, you're going to be leaving that up to a Jeremy Reeves, a Derek Forrest. Uh, specifically in Derek Forrest's case, we haven't really seen anything from him at all, so this is going to be the first time that we actually do see what Derek Forrest really is, you know, as a fifth-round safety coming out last year. That is a huge injury, and once again, that just broke this afternoon. So once again, Cameron Curl ruled out of week one with a thumb injury. Logan Thomas and Cole Turner are questionable. Uh, John Bates is going to go ahead and play in week one. That has been confirmed. This is all from Zach Selby, who is senior writer for the Washington Commanders. Now, with all that being said, it is now time to get into my week one preview versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. So week one, Washington, this, this is the 37th time in team history Washington has opened their season at home. Uh, in those thirty in those thirty six previous times that they have opened their season against home, they are eighteen and eighteen in the um, in past week one matchups. In their last twenty week one games alone, they are eleven and nine. Washington is six and one against Jacksonville all time and three and zero at home. So some quick stats off the board for you right there. Now, offensively for Washington, this is the debut of Carson Wentz. He's playing the team that he played in the final week of the season that knocked him and the Colts out of playoff contention. So uh, that's just that, that big storyline right there. But 
this, this is going to be a building block for how the Carson Wentz trade looks because Washington severely overpaid to get Carson Wentz. And we're going to see is, was it worth it? Was Carson Wentz worth giving up those draft picks, paying him the full salary when it looks like he was just going to get released into free agency? So what are we going to see from Carson Wentz? What is this chemistry going to look like? You know, is he recently at a press conference, you know, asking uh, reporters, asking him about his, uh, how he and, T- he and Terry are doing in that chemistry there. And he said, it's good. And Terry makes his life a lot easier. I need to see that from Carson Wentz. I need to see him getting Terry McLaurin involved. One of the big pluses coming with the car- with Carson Wentz was that the arm strength, right? He has a, an NFL arm. He can make any throw on the field. I need to see Terry going deep. I, I need to see, we can't just dink and dunk our way down the field and, you know, pick up five. I'm, at the end of the day, that's okay if they do that way. But the whole reason of bringing Carson Wentz in here is he has a big arm. He can expand the field and you have the ability to get those those deep shots. Throughout all last year, when Washington was down by two touchdowns or something like that, it would take them forever to get back and even tie that game because it took Taylor Heineke and this offense forever to get down the field. Carson Wentz should be able to make those throws to get this team some points quick. And that's one thing I need to see from Washington. I need to see some, I need to see some deep shots. That That is a really big thing for Carson Wentz. How is, how is he going to play against one of his former head coaches? How is Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Jaguars, how is Doug Peterson going to game plan against Carson Wentz? Doug Peterson had Carson Wentz at his best. He knows what is best for him. What is that going to look like? Does Gibson hold on to the football with the Brian Robinson shooting? Uh, really unfortunate there. But with that, Antonio Gibson is going to be the starting running back in week one. And is he going to hold on to the football? How is he going to run? Uh, this has become a big issue. And I still think that Gibson has a good chance to be a, a franchise back here in Washington. But he's got to start it out well in week one. Just because you fumble the preseason, right? That's not the end of the world. You, you But if you fumble week one, that's you're, you're really uh, cementing yourself uh, beneath Brian Robinson when he comes back. So how does Gibson perform in week one? And then how does the defense do on third down? They struggled immensely last year. They struggled immensely in the preseason. Are they going to be able to get off the field on third down? That is going to be a huge factor in this game. We've got Trevor Lawrence coming in to year two. Travis Etienne, a really good running back there. James Robinson, who's already proven it at the NFL level. They overpaid for Christian Kirk, but he's a pretty decent receiver. Like I said, they got Evan Ingram, who looked good in the preseason. They have some weapons offensively. You know, they also have added Marvin Jones. Uh, He's been there for a few years. They added Zay Jones. So they have weapons on offense. How is this def- uh, is this defense going to be able to hold Trevor Lawrence? Because now that Lawrence actually has a capable head coach in Doug Peterson, is Doug Peterson going to be able to get the best out of Trevor Lawrence here? Generally in week one, the defense is favored before the offense kind of gets its chemistry going. So the defense should play better with Trevor Lawrence. Doug Peterson... When he dra- when they drafted Carson Wentz, you know Carson Wentz, big dude, strong arm, he's got some a- athleticism. Look at Trevor Lawrence. 
He's a big dude. He's got a big arm. He's got some athleticism. It's the same thing. Is Doug Peterson going to use Trevor Lawrence in the same way he used Carson Wentz? Because if so, that that could be something for Washington to key in on and to to be watchful of. And as far as the Washington defense goes, does the do the DBs play tight coverage? Is is this what we're going to see from Jack Del Rio and this defense, or are they finally is that, is that just what they were doing in the preseason, and now they're going to switch it over to something better? Is that what we're going to see in Week One? Um, that's going to be a big factor here going into Week One against the Jaguars. One issue with Washington in the preseason was they did fairly well driving down the field but they could not punch it in the end zone. We saw Carson Wentz on one drive where he took a really bad sack in a place where you just can't take a sack there, knocked him out of field goal range, so they didn't even get points there. But they need to score touchdowns. Good teams score touchdowns, all right? If Washington is even going to be able to get to 9 wins or 10 wins, which would be ridiculous, they got to score touchdowns, and they need to get off to a fast start along with the injury report that I just mentioned. Uh, Cam Sims, with a concussion, he was limited on the Thursday practice. Fidarian Mathis and guard Trey Turner, who we have not seen throughout the whole preseason, though you were both full on Thursday. So more injury updates for you there. But that is the final section of my preview against the Jaguars. Overall, I am predicting a win here. I think the commanders come out strong. I think Carson Wentz proves people wrong. I think he gets, you know, somewhere around like 285 yards, you know, two touchdowns. And I, I think that this offense really shows what they could have been with Curtis Samuel. They show why they drafted Jahan Dotson. And hopefully if you got Logan Thomas, if you got Cole Turner, this offense is really going to prove some people wrong because I, I think that there is kind of a, a national a lot of people nationally are kind of down on Washington. And they're not, as bad as some people think Washington is, you know, I think Washington is definitely better than a six or seven win team. I think that they can get to nine wins. But overall, I think Washington has a a great chance here to open against Jacksonville. One thing that Washington does need to keep in mind is that, you know, you can mark on your schedule, oh, we got Jacksonville week one, we got Detroit week two, but you're in the same group as these teams, all right? Jacksonville is looking at Washington week one like, oh, great, we're starting out the year with the Commanders. They need to realize that this isn't, Jacksonville isn't just going to roll over, all right? They're actually going to have to put up a fight, and they need to start fast. Unlike the Rams last night, they need to get this offense going. So that is my preview against the Jaguars. And coming up next, I'm going to be looking at some power rankings for the quarterbacks in the NFL, as well as some team power rankings as well. All of that and more coming up next on the Next Gen Fan Podcast. So this is a power ranking done by 538. The main reason I wanted to bring this up, and I know this isn't something from like ESPN, this isn't something from PFF, but... I do think it this it's still absurd. If you have not seen this list, uh, you can find this online. It's the uh, 538's official QB ratings of 2022. The I'm not going to be going through this whole list, but I for Carson Wentz for each team they go through this. They have the starters and they have the backup listed on this team. So Wentz and Heineke are both listed on here. If I asked you 
on a list of 1 to 64 quarterbacks, where would you say Carson Wentz ranks, right? I would say probably, you know, 22, right? 22 is a pretty good spot there. Maybe 21, 20, somewhere somewhere right there, the early 20s or the, the late teens, um, if you're really being generous. 538 has Carson Wentz ranked as the 34th best quarterback in the NFL. So they've already listed the top 32 starting quarterbacks, or the top 32 quarterbacks in general. He he's he is 34th on this list. You, you want to know the people who are ahead of him? Let's see. Right ahead of him at 33, C.J. Beathard. Then you've got Nick Mullins at 32. 31 is Daniel Jones, Teddy Bridgewater. At 29, they have Geno Smith. Just to so, show you how absurd this list is, they have Mitch Trubisky at 12. The, they think Mitch Trubisky is the 12th best quarterback in the NFL. They have Lamar Jackson behind him. They have Derek Carr behind him. Mac Jones. It's it, This list is absurd. I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but I did want to bring it up because this is... A tr- this Whatever analytics they did, they plugged in some really wacky numbers. They did something way wrong here because... There is no way that, that Carson Wentz is the 34th best quarterback in the league. At number 22 on this list, the 22nd best quarterback in the NFL, they have Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. 26 is Case Keenum of the Bills. They have Gardner Minshew at number 18. Jared Goff at 16. You think They think Jared Goff is, one of the top, is in the top half of the league. One of the top half quarterbacks in the league. That's ridiculous. They have Dak Prescott, who I think is fairly overrated, at number 8 on this list. Jalen Hurts, number 15. This list is crazy. Uh, just so you can know, they have Taylor Heineke at number 50. At the end of the day, I don't have too big of an issue with. I think it's crazy that if Carson wins it, 34. 34. This is a guy who in 2017 was in MVP contention. And I understand Carson Wentz is not what he once was. But I would rather take Carson Wentz over CJ Beathard, Nick Mullins, Daniel Jones, Teddy Bridgewater, Geno Smith, Case Keenum, Drew Locke, Nick Foles, Colt McCoy, Gardner Minshew, Mitch Trubisky. All right. And all of those quarterbacks are ahead of Carson Wentz. I wanted to bring that up. I think that is absurd that for some reason, 538 decided to put Carson Wentz at 34. Um, really absurd there. And now, moving on to some team power rankings, because this is really interesting. And I, I've looked at some... This this is from NFL.com. I've looked at many NFL power rankings, uh, some from PFF, some from ESPN, some from NFL... This one from the NFL, they have Washington as the 30th ranked team out of 32. 30th. You know who's ahead of them? Jacksonville, the Giants, the Texans, the Jets, the Lions, the Seahawks, with Geno Smith, at quarterback. No, those are just some of the absurd teams they have above them. But the only teams behind Washington are the Falcons and the Bears. They say... Okay, so basically the main reason with this is with Carson Wentz, uh, 
they even say they don't hate his surrounding cast with McLaurin, Samuel, John Dotson. Um, but it's it it's all on Carson Wentz. Why people are so down on Carson Wentz, I don't understand because this is a guy who, yes, the the he at the end of the day, people love to say yeah it was Carson Wentz's fault that the 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 Colts didn't make the playoffs in 2021 and yeah that's true he did not play well in that game but you know who also didn't play well was the defense defense wasn't too consistent in 2021 for the Colts they gave up 20 plus points to the Jags Carson Wentz is not as bad as people think and I can't wait for him to go out there week one to prove people wrong if you look at this surrounding cast for for Washington you've got Terry McLaurin you got Curtis Samuel you got Jahan Dotson Logan Thomas John Bates, Cole Turner, Cam Sims, J.D. McKissick, Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson when he's back. This team, this offense has weapons. And yet for some reason, Carson Wentz and this offense, this is, again, this is NFL rankings. This isn't some PFF. This isn't even 538 who put out that absurd QB ranking. This is the NFL.com ranking, power rankings going into 2022. Washington Commanders at number 30. So I, I think that overall, Washington is, pe- people are kind of down on Washington. And it's mainly, it seems like it's mainly because of Carson Wentz. Washington going into week one, this is, a, this is they need to start fast. Um, but I, the Carson Wentz, I think it's absurd that people think that this is going to be his last year to get a starting option. Um, He's going to have a chance. This is the last year he'll undoubtedly have a chance to be the number one starting quarterback without any competition. But if he doesn't play well this year, he'll still have a chance to go and compete for a starting job. Geno Smith was competing for a starting job this year. He actually's starting this year. Right? You, you can't tell me Carson Wentz is going to have another option when Geno Smith is having an option right now. I don't, I don't want to hear any of that. So, Washington Commanders, week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Once again, please remember to rate, review, and follow if you have not. If you have any family members or friends that are Commanders fans, please let them know about the podcast. I salute our armed forces, firefighters, police officers, and emergency personnel. God bless you, and God bless America.